I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Horror versus Reality. I'm Anna, and with me, as always, is Morgan. Hey, I think it's like 50% of me, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Morgan is uh, at about 50% charge. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, <laughs> we don't have the right cord to plug her back in at the moment, so she's on a short-term charge that's yeah. in the form of coffee <laughs> <laughs> i also ran out of d batteries so Fuck. that doesn't so, sound good though i mean i get the d but <laughs> <laughs> yes um anyway <laughs> <laughs> just so you know <laughs> there we're all happy for you <laughs> Good for you, girl. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, today's episode is Carla, <clears throat> 2006. It is an American psychological thriller written and directed by Joel Bender and co-written by Manette Rosen and Michael D. Sellers. And it is based on the crimes of Canadian serial killer Paul Bernardo... And Carla Homoka. 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 Ugh, this movie. Uh, Okay, so guys, I have a content warning off the bat. Um, so content of this movie is extremely disturbing. Uh, there's not a ton of nudity or blood, but uh, the parts you do see are graphic um content that could trigger you that is included is multiple rapes both consensual and non-consensual bdsm brief forced incest multiple incidents of kidnap and murder uh mutilation of a dead body multiple rapes of minors uh physical sexual and verbal spousal abuse uh, forced drugging, a suicide attempt, and some brief animal abuse. So, um, enjoy the fact that Morgan and I were just cracking the fuck up. Because, <laughs> um, it, it's gonna not be super fun for a while. Um, just so you know, because this is how bad the movie is, should also know that the movie is almost exactly what happened. Yeah. It's and here's why because it was the script was written off of 
courtroom transcripts and the actual films of them filming themselves raping people. As well as, uh, like, police notes and whatnot. So, it's deeply based in the actual story. This is probably the closest film that we've covered that it is to the actual case. If that made sense. (laughs) Morgan? Yeah, I'm here. No, no, this this movie really disturbed me. Um, It's deeply disturbing. Yeah, I had to watch it in like three parts. Me too. Me too. I, I couldn't watch it in one sitting. I really couldn't. No, me neither. It was um, too much. Yeah. It was just way too close to what really happened. And uh, yeah, it's fucking hard to watch. Yeah, it's pretty graphic. Like, yeah. Even with like the, uh, I don't know, the the script writing and everything too. Like, so, during the rapes, like, the yeah. shit he would say. Ugh, sorry. Just yeah, I'm going to get into that. Um, so, because of how close this is to the actual crime, I'm not going to break down bit by bit of the movie, because we'd basically be telling the same story twice, and it's not a story you want to hear twice. So, that said, I'm going to say some other things about behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, which is also um, not super fun, but more fun than hearing the same crime twice, if that makes sense. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, trust me, it's a better time for everyone. So, Misha Collins is who plays Paul Bernardo, and he is most famously known as the role of Castiel on Supernatural. Now, (laughs) hmm? Oh, I just giggled. Okay. Well, that is a complete, it's just a complete turn. Oh, well, yeah. Um, (laughs) He plays an angel on Supernatural. If you've never watched Supernatural. Yeah. Castiel is an angel, like from the Bible. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, the complete fucking opposite. So, um, that just really shows you that he's a pretty versatile actor, because he's fucking creepy in the movie. (laughs) He feels super slimy. Oh, no. Can you hear my cat? No. Okay, good. She's throwing up. Oh, no. I'll I'll clean it up later. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just really loud. No, you're you're good. Kudos to your microphone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, Misha Collins, the actor who plays Paul Bernardo, has openly said at multiple Comic-Cons, because I watched several different videos on YouTube of him saying different things, disparaging things about this film. He's told his fans to basically, for the love of God, don't watch this. Don't watch this movie. I am ashamed that I was in it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Don't watch this movie. He's also said that he started having nightmares. And that while jogging, he would occasionally find himself, like, reverting back into character almost. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. 
He huh. said he found dark places in himself that he didn't know he had and didn't want to know. And he felt really ill throughout the whole filming of it. And um, <clears throat> part of that is because the director was a fucking creep. Well, not the director. Uh, yeah, the director-writer was a fucking creep. Um, after he would film a rape scene, the actor, I mean, the director would say things like, that was really hot. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, oh, man. What? what? <laughs> I kind of got that vibe where it was like, I don't know, um, like a snuff film or something. Well, I mean, considering that they watched their snuff films that the court had um, in custody, I guess, whatever you want to say, considering that they had seen those films, um, then it was based off of snuff films and court transcripts. Uh, So if it gave you that vibe, uh, there's a good reason for that. Yeah, that's why I had to watch it in three parts or four. (laughs) There's like three or four. It is difficult to watch. I will say this, though, and you can say whether you agree with me or not. I feel like it was too sympathetic towards Carla. Oh, yeah. Definitely way too sympathetic. Because, okay, here's my thoughts about Carla. So, did Paul beat the holy fuck out of her? Yes, yes, he did. Uh, um... <clears throat> So that's very real fear that she would have for him. But she also seemed to be, like, sickly addicted to him. And on the videos, it clearly shows that she was a willing participant in these things, or so it looks like. So it's kind of a question of, and this is something that only the two of them will ever know, is just how much of it was her being coerced and how much of it was her trying to hold on to him and blanking out what she was doing. Yeah, I I think she's just cold, calculated, uh, sociopath with psycho, you know, I guess you can't be both, but she definitely has psychopathic tendencies. Can uh, I tell you something interesting? What's up? Um, so the two of them t- were, uh, took the, like, psychopath test or whatever. Oh, yeah, I was reading about that. And she scored like a five, and he scored like a forty-five. Yeah, which is ridiculous because I think any normal person would score higher than her. <laughs> you would think so, right? <laughs> yeah. That that was like really weird because <sighs> I don't believe I, in that shit anyway. No, me neither. But that that is an interesting little fun fact. That um, was I, made by the creator of. Um, Scientology, by the way. The psychopath test. Was it? Yeah. There's actually a book by John Ronson that's just, it's hilarious. Um, it's called I've, The Psychopath Test. I've listened to that episode on um, blah, 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 blah. Scientology that last podcast on the left did, and I've watched like tons of all three of those three or four of those seasons of Leah Remini behind the Scientology or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, with the Ron Hubbard. They always make fun of him. Well, 
Well, okay, for the last what? podcast, yes. Oh, which but, one? Well, the Leah Remini, I'm asking you about both, but the Leah oh. Remini one is serious. It's it's ex-Scientologists talking about the nightmare that they experienced within the church. Oh, yeah, she always speaks out. Yeah. yeah well, I've watched, like, all of her show, <laughs> and I've listened to pretty much every podcast episode on Scientology I could find. I'm fascinated by those weirdos. Oh, my God, don't come and kill me. I'm, like, legitimately afraid of them. Yeah, no. They're very, very scary. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, sorry. It was a Canadian psychologist, but he was a Scientologist. Okay. There's a whole section of the Scientology and the psychopath test. He, like, goes to all... It's hilarious. He writes the men who stare at goats. Oh, okay. I saw the movie with George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, he's, um... Um, uh, he's a investigative journalist, and okay. he's pretty funny. I highly oh, recommend. Oh, wait, the book. wait, wait! Did you say Paul Ronson? John Ronson. John Ronson? Which oh, wait, it wait, sounds wait. backwards. Like his name should be Ron Johnson, but it's John Ronson. Okay, wait. I know who John Ronson is. He did this. Um, hold on. I'll let me. I'll, let he's me done go. a lot of stuff. He's super. Well, I know. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of one particular thing, though. Uh... I hear you typing. Yes, you, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. Um, John Ronson, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he did The Last Days of August. Yes. Did you listen to that? No, I, I haven't. Not yet. You should. It's really Bad. interesting. The Minister at Goats is pretty great. Yeah? Okay. I highly recommend the psychopath test. I read it in like one day. It was so funny. It's really uh-huh. good. I will I will get on that. Um, I highly recommend listening to the last days of August. You'll learn a lot of interesting things about porn. <laughs> And, well, it's about, it's about, um, I forgot her last name, but it's about this porn star who, I think her last name's Ames. Yeah, August Ames. It's about her, and she died during the California wildfires, but she was found, like, hung. Like, she hung herself in the middle of public. So there's, like, a lot of controversy about whether or not it was suicide, or was she killed, or whatever. It was just a really kind of mysterious death. And it follows interviews with people in the industry and um, just different things leading up to her death. And it's pretty interesting. Yeah. No, that's that sounds awesome. But <laughs> but back to this. Yes. Psychopath, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I will listen to that and read it as well. Um, but I will read the psychopath test. With the psychopath test, it's such a bullshit checklist. It's it's like a uh, it's called the Hare's psychopathy checklist, and it's been revised several times. But when it was like first created, um, they did it, and it it was like created in the seventies, and um, so they gave it to some people, and they actually like let a few psychopaths back out, um. And they immediately killed people. So, 
because they scored low. So they're like, oh, yeah, uh, you scored low. So, <coughs> you know, leave jail. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like so many different people um, can take the test and score like just crazy different numbers. Um, right. But then people that are known psychopaths and like are like, yeah, I'm a psychopath can take it and like score really low so i don't think there's a measurement of psychopathy and this is i don't think so either yeah this is what the book is um kind of shows like yeah this is kind of bullshit so he goes around like uh researches all these people and um researches all these different things like uh like the Oh, there was like one where all of these businesses were being shut down, like in a factory town. And so they hired this one guy to come tell everybody that they're laid off because he fucking loved it. And yet he's not considered a psychopath. He's considered a businessman. So, but it's like this one guy's job is to tell people that their life savings is gone because the factory shutting down and like, they're not going to get a pension and all this stuff. And he's like laughing about it. So, yeah, I don't think there's a measurement of psychopathy. And especially if someone is so calculating as Carla, like, yeah, of course she can score low on that bullshit test. I think they just gave it to her because it was a Canadian psychiatrist that made that um, test. Could be. Because she's Canadian too. So they're like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. This all takes place in Canada. (laughs) In Quebec. Yes. So okay. back to Sorry. In back. my rant. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You're you're good. So um back to the task at hand. Um <clears throat> there's one of these hairstylists, uh I forget what her name is. Hang on. A hairstylist. Yes. Um she has a blog called Vreeland Beauty a prose point of view. Um, and she wrote in this 2012 post that, uh, in 2004, I began my journey as key hair on a film then known as deadly. The film has since been released as Carla. I got the job by showing off all my own personal past late eighties, early nineties yearbook pictures to the producers. I had to, since they were not impressed by all my avant-garde fashion editorials. This began my journey into the world of film. The crew spent countless hours getting every scene right. For me, I have to stay. I have to say, staying through some of these harsh harsh scenes was quite difficult. I know it's just a film, but this stuff actually happened. These were sadly accounts of real events that happened in Canada. She said that the promotion picture that you might have seen around the internet of Misha and um, Laura Preppen uh, recreating Carla and Paul's wedding photo. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. that those bangs. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> the hairdresser says that this photo was taken in the backyard of the house that they were shooting. It was to be used as a prop uh, in the house, you know, just to be. Oh, like the, the picture? Yeah. yeah. 
and then it turned out so well that they used it as promos for the film. And uh, she said that although the look on Misha's face is really sinister in the picture, that he was actually just the sweetest guy to work with. And she was actually having a hard time during the filming of this. And, you know, sitting in the trailer doing his hair and makeup uh, was actually a delight. And he was really, like, supportive to her. Aww. Which, that's nice. Yeah, that would be hard to, like, go, you know, do a hardcore rape scene and then just be like, hey, how you doing? Want to share a snack? Like, (laughs) I don't know how he would go back to that. Well, right, especially after the director was also like, that was hot. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I would probably throw shit at him, like my own shit. I would probably poop and just throw it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, one of our fans, I need you guys to animate that. No, please don't. No, please, please don't. No. Oh God, no! But that that would like make me so upset. Like if if you do this, like you know, it's a hard scene that has to be a terribly hard scene to reenact, especially because a it's real and b you're like super close to this guy and he's literally choking you with twine. So like, yeah. then the director say that's hot. So fucked up. I would probably quit right there. I think I would have quit too. I don't know how yeah. they just all hung on. I guess maybe they all needed the work. Yeah. I just I don't get it. Because almost everyone that did the movie regrets it now. Yeah. Except, except for maybe the people who wrote it. I don't know if they regret it or not. <laughs> it's pretty fucked. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. Um... So, uh, oh, yeah, um, not only did he say the director would say creepy stuff like that, um, the director ended up taking a restraining order, or they ended up taking a restraining order out against the director towards the end of the shoot because he threatened to come into the production offices and shoot everyone. Hold on, say that again? The director, towards the end of the shoot, threatened to shoot everyone, and they had to take out a restraining order against him. What in the actual fuck? Is he still, like, making movies? I didn't follow up on that more in the article. It just kind of talks about that. Dude. Because I had to go down a Tumblr rabbit hole, and some of the links didn't redo. So some of it's hearsay, but according to this, that happened. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, this dude was just, like, getting off on all this. I bet he just had the money, like, just to recreate it. Like, I guess. Like, uh, he really was, I think he was into it. Yeah. He had, like, sick rape fantasies and was into it. Okay. Oh, he has to, to he be, like, that's hot after yeah. the, the scene? Who's yeah, this guy? Ah, uh, hold on. Uh, Joel Bender, and oh. then the and then the writers Michael D. Sellers and Manette Rosen. One of the writers was apparently creepy too. Um, so yeah, he looks creepy. Yo, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just staring. 
He's got dark eyes. Okay. Is he still alive? He's pretty old looking. Right. He's kind of frail. I could kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of frail. I could kick his ass. <laughs> Jill Bender, I'm coming for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Morgan would never threaten someone. No, I'm not threatening. This is a podcast. This is this is all you know. It's all jokes, fun jokues. Yeah. Um. So on the more fun end of this, if there is such a thing, this is the closest thing to that that's gonna happen in my notes, I guess. Um. So do you know who? Uh, shit. What is her name? Aaliyah Shawkat is? No, I do not. Okay, so Aaliyah Shawkat starred in Arrested Development as Maybe. And she was also on the HBO show Search Party as um, the main character whose name is I'm not coming up with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched Story. Arrested Development. Story Seed. What? You've watched Arrested Development? Yeah. The the freckly um starter with curly hair. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, her? Yeah. Oh. Her dad plays one of the border crossing guards that stops Carla and uh Paul in the movie. Oh. Yeah. And lets them go. Yeah. <laughs> Knocks the shit out of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that's cool. Fun facts. Fun fact. I found that because I was randomly searching her, right? Because, full disclosure, I have a huge lady boner for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like randomly looking her up and uh, I clicked on her dad randomly because um, it said he was a producer. And then I saw that he had a couple of acting credits, and I clicked on that, and lo and behold, he was in Carla. <laughs> I found this uh, fun fact out entirely coincidentally. <laughs> That's crazy. But speaking of creepy director, dude, yeah. I was looking up other movies he's done. He directed the Gas Pump Girls. What is that? <laughs> New high school graduates, June and her friends, take over a dilapidated service station owned by her bedridden uncle. They have to perform every trick in the book to compete against the modern station across the street. <laughs> Is just, it a softcore porn? That's what I'm kind of getting the vibe. Like, they're wearing really short shorts, no bras, like... Mm. Um, Revealing mm. tops mm. in all the the pictures. I don't see any, you know, soft core porn action. But there's um, them changing in a dressing room and standing around a car in bikinis. Yeah, so he's just a pervert. What's this movie called? <laughs> Get the gas pump girls. Okay. <laughs> and then he does another one. There was another movie he directed. Um, Bella oh, it's from Mia. the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
there's a, a couple of uh, kind of iffy movies that are connected to him. Oh. Also, Bella Mia, which is just uh, the picture is like a girl's legs wearing underwear and a guitar. That's like the the picture. This guy just seems like a creep. Uh, I concur. I concur. Yeah, what a creep. <laughs> if he's listening, you're a creep, Joel Bender. Yeah, um, I hope you're not listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't want to listen. Yeah. You've gone down, I would imagine, a pretty big rabbit hole. If you're listening I'll stop. At this point. <laughs> Still pretty early on. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, just uh, FYI, everybody, I didn't take notes. Morgan, it's fine. I'm just letting everybody know. <laughs> okay. Morgan's been busy this week. It's not a big deal. <laughs> she's done research. She just didn't. She's just not going off notes. It's not yeah. <laughs> I'm winging it. Not a big deal. We've all done that before a report at school or something, right? I know oh, you God. Have. Yeah, I definitely have. Who hasn't? That's just, like, something you do sometimes. Especially, like, in fucking college. I know. I just feel guilty. Like, I'm going to have a teacher and be like, I need to have a meeting with you. Like, you. Just be like, Morgan, I need to have a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it would be me that would say that. But... I know. <laughs> <laughs> You but like, I'm uh, not going to say that. <laughs> Just looking back and you're not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> you have my word that it's fine. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, I've not yielded any uh, confirmed results on rather whether or not this film you speak of is basically softcore. I'm getting more of the feel of it's got a Porky's vibe. Yeah, it does kind of look like that. Yeah, so. It might not be porn, but it's definitely sleazy. There's such a thing as taste. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, so in an interview, um, somebody did with Laura Preppen about... Uh, Orange is the New Black. Um, they just kind of started asking her, like, hey, did your role uh, as Carla and Carla, <laughs> did your role as Carla Homolka and Carla, did it give you, um, you know, inspiration? Did it help you with your role as Alex Voss on Orange is the New Black? And she said, no. <laughs> Uh, that was such a dark place for me. Um, it was gross. It was an awful time. I was really fucked up during that period. Super fucked up. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I mean, everybody seems really scarred by this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone is. Because um, they basically reenacted a really fucking terrible crime. <laughs> Yeah. And their director was really skeezy and made it really super uncomfortable. 
Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, I think it's crazy though that the the family actually agreed with it being released. Uh two of the families um kind of didn't. Oh. They, they sued them afterwards. Um, oh wow. Yeah. It, it actually met was met with quite a bit of controversy. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> Which Keith didn't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes what, gave it a zero. Did it really? <laughs> it says zero. Um, Usually zero means it just hasn't been reviewed enough. Oh. Uh, it says 11 votes for zero. I don't know, but... I give it, I give it a one. Um, uh, yeah. What do you give it? Because we give it a one because Laura Preppen and Misha Collins, bless them, they act their little hearts out, but it's not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. I don't recommend this movie to anybody. No, we <laughs> watched it so you don't have to. Yeah. You're we welcome. watched it so you don't have to. You're welcome. I think that's what I said the same thing to our audience after we watched There's a Secret in My Soup. Oh, God. Yes, you did. Oh, my God. That movie. I would gladly watch that movie again if I didn't have to watch Carla again. Same. How about you? Yeah. Same Z's. Yeah. Seriously. Ugh. Yeah. Because at least there were a couple of laughable scenes in that movie. <laughs> There's no relief. There's no comic relief or light tension or something to break up the tension in this movie. Yeah, there's not any. None. It is so uncomfortable. Yeah, you can't watch this with your parents. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Or your (laughs) children. Yeah, or your new boyfriend that you met online. Yeah, I don't recommend it. Or girlfriend. Yeah, I don't (laughs) recommend it. Mark already knows I'm sick and twisted, so he just would look back occasionally, which you got to feel bad for Mark because hear me out. So he doesn't he's drunk and doesn't really isn't really paying attention to what I'm doing. (laughs) And so I'm watching the film and it's after one of those rape scenes where you hear like some moaning or like, you know, like muffled screams or whatever. Oh, God, you know, the scene I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Where so, yeah. It's it's the first victim, right? Uh, well, no, not not the uh, not the not the sister. Oh, I meant the first. Sorry, I forgot about that one. Jesus. The one, the one where he's in the bathroom and he says he licked her from head to toe, and she was like drunk but like not unconscious. Uh, yeah, that one. That yeah. one. Um. So. You know, because she had made some kind of incoherent sound that sounds mildly sexual because no telling what he was doing to her. Um, Mark, you know, turns around because he's like, well, if I hear a moan, I'm going to turn around. <laughs> oh, God. And he turns around and I go, no, Mark. No, Mark. That's not no. a fun sex scene. That's a rape scene. He goes, oh, God, why? <laughs> so he was scarred, too. <laughs> we've, we've all been scarred by Carla. Yeah. Seriously. Um so yeah, don't do it. Don't watch it. <laughs> don't watch it. Yeah. It's a no-go. 
So, um, Mo, let's do a palate cleanser before you talk about more awfulness. You know, something light to break it up. And um, then we'll also do our traditional fun after talk that would also be light. Yes. Okay, what's the palate cleanser for right now? I thought we could each tell a short little antidote uh, to celebrate uh, Valentine's Day month. And by that, I mean dating horror stories. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. Okay. Um, Whatever you're comfortable with. Oh, my God. There's so many revealing stories that I have. Oh, Jesus. Okay, you go to set the stage. I will, and then you can... Because I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared for anything. I know. (laughs) Okay, to be fair, I just came up with this, so this is (laughs) putting us both on the spot. I don't have anything prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, I didn't mean you even had to go. I just thought if you thought of something, you could. Um, But I actually have come up with something now that I think about it because uh, it was part of my stand-up routine that I did once. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so, guys, let me tell you the worst date I ever... Well, I'm going to tell you a medley of worst dates that I've been on. The top three. Does that sound fun? Yes. Okay. So... Do tell. <laughs> Alright. We're going to start... With uh, code name babies, code name babies. That's Ooh. just what I'm gonna call them. Code name babies. But, well, we're just gonna call them babies. Okay, babies. I was like, that's a long name. No, 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 just babies. All right, so this guy, I met him on a dating site. And agreed to go on one date in a very public place. Um, you know, we would have dinner in middle of the day, bright daylight, and set, go our separate ways afterwards, no matter how much we like to date. And uh, he agreed to those terms. So, I get there. And I see him getting out of his car. And he has a child with him. An infant. What? Yeah, I didn't know he had a kid, and so this what was his. F- this was his kid. Oh man. So, fairly young kid. He proceeds to tell me that the mother is in jail, and he mm. has full custody. Okay, that's a lot of a lot to unpack. Oh yeah, and then as he's telling me these things, I see his clearly meth damaged teeth. Oh, and that's when I turned to him and said, um, I basically shook his hand and said, I just don't think this is going to work out. Have a nice day. (laughs) You dodged a bullet. (laughs) Right? That has so many red flags. Yeah. When Mama Bear gets out of jail, she's coming for you. Right. <laughs> also, this guy was not as attractive in person as you can imagine with the meth teeth. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and I did. I did worry because he never smelled in his pictures. 
Mm. Can't trust that. I know. If this sounds shallow, again, remember the baby mama baggage and the fact that meth teeth comes with a loaded uh, cause. <laughs> yeah, and there's no denying meth teeth. Like, some no. people, you know, have bad bad teeth like the british sorry (laughs) (laughs) or that like degenerative teeth disorder yeah but you can tell the difference between that and meth yeah uh yeah no meth teeth are really obvious that's yeah they're the most disgusting thing you've ever seen (laughs) like all black and dirty looking it's awful Uh, anyway so that was date one yes so the next one that was terrible was the lawyer. Mm. Was it like, you know, oh, what is that? Maggie Gyllenhaal and who is it? David Tennant? I wish it. Well, no, I don't wish it was David Tennant. Although I do think David Tennant is hot. You know, you all know that I have. Oh, you have the crush on. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you all know I have the mad crush. On James Spader. Yes, James Spader. Oh, God. I wish it was David Tennant. (laughs) I love them both, honestly. (laughs) I think they're both sexy men. Was it like that story? Um, No, not at all. (laughs) Dang. Um, If he looked like that and I was into it, that might have been really hot, but no. (laughs) 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 No, that's not what happened. Uh, We met at the Cops on Lakeland Drive. Aww. Right? Memories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we met at the Cups on Lakeland Drive, like in the quarter. This is all Mississippi language. That means nothing to you unless you live in Jackson. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Morgan knows what I'm talking about, and I'm talking to Morgan, and you guys are just listening. Yeah, it's like the coolest coffee shop ever. I mean, it's just a coffee shop. It's like the only probably coffee shop that's in Mississippi, besides like Starbucks and stuff. It's... It's definitely the most successful privately owned coffee shop. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, okay. So you met at Cups. Yeah, so we met at Cups. And um, he didn't even offer to buy me a cup of coffee. And he's a lawyer. But you're an independent woman. And what year is this? I don't know, 2013. Uh, you're an independent woman. I'm an independent woman, sure, but he didn't <laughs> even very offer. Rich. <laughs> he didn't even offer. Okay, that's kind of, I guess that's kind of a red flag. I just thought it was kind of rude. Is all I thought. Yeah, I mean, as a southern man, you at least offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we sit down and um, we start talking. Um, we both like NPR. That was one of the things that we talked about before we agreed to go on the date. So I'm talking about some of my favorite shows on NPR, and he's just dryly, like, nodding at me. And I'm like, this was super one-sided. Cool. So he and, wasn't listening. Well, or he was bored or something. Or, like, he had already checked out, and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so what do you like? And then, you know, I thought maybe he'd want to talk about himself more or something. And um, he droned on like Ben Stein about something really irrelevant that I don't even remember. And then um, 
basically after he finished talking about that was like, yeah, so I gotta go. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I am not the bad part of this date. That is <laughs> you, my friend. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we we clearly just hated each other. It was terrible. <laughs> we had zero chemistry, like not even a little bit. It was awesome. And then fast forward like a couple weeks, I get a e-invite to my friend Andrew's like going away party because he was moving to Canada. And this, I see that this dude had RSVP'd to his party. And I basically was like, Andrew, I hope you'll understand that I'm not coming. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. That's and, so weird. And he understood. <laughs> also, I was going through some tumultuous things in my personal life at the time. Did So did, um, did you hear any info about the party later? Was it fun? Or was it like a, a lizard party? Like lizard people? Um... Or- he sounds people, like a lizard person. I didn't know a lot of the people, and the the couple of people that I did know, I openly didn't care for. So, I imagine I wasn't missing anything. Yeah, <laughs> bunch of strangers and a couple people I don't like, and then Andrew. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> He'll understand. Um. <laughs> so, and then this is the number one spot. The worst date I've ever been on. Um, Too long, didn't read. This guy takes me to a movie theater for a date, a first date. We're adults. (laughs) Okay, sure, it's fine if you go on a movie date as an adult. That's not a big deal. But he takes me to see a young adult uh, fiction novel adaptation. And he picked that movie, not me. Uh Uh-huh. Are you just not saying the name of the movie? Oh, I think it was called Beautiful Creatures. Oh, what? Beautiful Creatures? Like the one that we did? What? No. What are you talking about? We did Beautiful Creatures. No, we didn't. We did Heavenly Creatures. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I'm still working on just this coffee. (laughs) I did just wake up like two hours ago. No, dude, <laughs> dude, that laugh that you just did was the best laugh I've ever heard. I'm, I'm sorry. I want to isolate it and play it back. Oh, make a, a make a song out of it. I want to. I really want to. I might. I don't even know what I did. I blacked out. Oh, Morgan, I'm going to play it back for you. It's so great. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> Later, I'll send you a okay, okay. I was like, I don't know how you're going to do it. No, not right now. I'm you have recording. recording. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay, heavenly creatures. I mean, <laughs> fuck. Beautiful creatures. Beautiful creatures. Different yeah. movie. Yes. So, he takes me to see that. Didn't even ask me what movie I would want to go see at all. Just assumes she'll probably like this. Young adult fiction, you know, like twi- like it's like Twilight, but which yeah, is this is like, um, I don't know, the Kmart version of Twilight, it looks like. 
Well, it's about witches, but sort of. Uh, it's, it's got Eddie Rossum from Shameless, who is great, but. Yeah. And it has Jeremy Irons, who is fantastic, but it was super boring and just way too. Definitely made for teenage girls, and I'm a grown ass woman in my <laughs> mid 20s. <laughs> and I've also always been a little old man. Why are you taking me here? Yeah, he, how old is this guy? He was like, I want to say 30. Oh, that, uh, no, that's kind of creepy. He picked uh, that movie. Right? Oh, and when we were uh, before the movie, because there was like, I don't know, maybe like 15 minutes, instead of going and sitting down, he spends most of that time talking to his old boss because he used to work at this theater. Oh. And then, when we're in the movie, he talks all the way through the movie about uh, all the gross stuff he's seen in this theater, in these chairs that we're sitting in. Oh. <laughs> so you take me to this movie that I don't want to see, and then you won't even <laughs> let me fucking watch it. Because you're grossing me out about everything that's happened in these chairs before me. He's like, that chair over there? Yeah, there was a threesome. <laughs> he was legitimately telling me gross shit like that and I'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> and then so I'm having the worst time ever right so then yeah. we it's it's like I'm gonna say it's like January-ish yeah so he seems like he'd be like a porn theater kind of guy like if those <laughs> were still a thing maybe I don't know he was very awkward I mean uh-huh. what else do you think works there <laughs> I guess I don't know. Hey, I've had nice friends that worked at theaters. <laughs> I had no. I meant porn theater. This wasn't a porn theater. I know, but he would be a great employee for a porn theater. Oh, because he like liked watching the people. Yes. Okay. I'm on he board. sounds a little bit creepy. Yeah, for sure, creepy. For sure, creepy dude. It seems like he collected these stories and thought about them often or something. Mm, he probably has journals of them. Oh my god, sis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. So we go outside, and it's like January in Mississippi, so it's actually cold. Yeah, it's a little bit nipply. Yeah, a little bit nipply. Enough to need a jacket, for sure. Mm-hmm. And there's... um, Yeah, so it's pretty cold. It's like, I don't know, 24 degrees, something like that. It's, it's below freezing. It's cold. Um, so we're standing outside the car and then we get in and he starts the car and the heat suddenly not working. Oh no. You got in his car? He drove me there. Oh no. I had, okay. So full disclosure, uh, a friend of mine, he was a friend of mine's. Sister's ex-boyfriend. So somebody that you used to know. Well, he like basically, that? basically was vouched for by my friends. Essentially. Oh, I see. So I, see. I trusted him because my friend said he wasn't going to do anything weird to me. I see. Okay, it wasn't like some Craigslist meetup. It was like no, uh, no, no, no. It okay. we it was a blind date. Okay, thank God it wasn't Craigslist. No, no. <laughs> Oh my god, no. I've never done Craigslist. Morgan, no. Uh, I haven't either. I'm just saying. I did get a cat from Craigslist. I, me too. Yeah, it was feral. <laughs> I got <laughs> I got Lucy from Craigslist and I got Jonesy from a Facebook group for pets. 
you remember Mazzy Star, who turned out to be Chuck Norris? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Almost lost my eye like three times. Oh my God, Morgan. <laughs> no. Okay, but back to your creepy guy. Those were cats Morgan had. Well, a cat that Morgan had that she thought was a girl, but was a boy. He just had tiny nuggets. Tiny nugs. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Sorry, what was I saying? Uh, creepy guy. He was yeah. vouched for. You got in his car. Yeah, because he drove me there. We rode together. Um, so I got back in his car, and now the heat's not working. He spends like 30 minutes in the parking lot fixing the fucking air. Trying to fix the heater. So I'm like, you could have had me home by now. Yeah, dude, 30 minutes? I'd be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, like, he could have had me home by now, and I would already be warm in my pajamas and have the door slammed in his face and never spoken to him again. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> but instead, I had to sit with him for an extra 30 minutes while he fixed the heat. Oh, God. And then he, uh, he takes me home, and I was going to, like, politely give him a half hug, right? Uh-huh. I go in to politely give him a half hug, and would you know that that he thought I was gonna like kiss him or something, and he turned his head, and I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, like, I'm like, oh, that's insulting. I was not gonna kiss you, dude. Like, I had a horrible time in bed. <laughs> so did, <laughs> oh god, so he had to like sneak a kiss to get any kind of satisfaction. <laughs> did he think he was really getting a kiss? I don't know. Or was he just like... I think he thought he was going to get a kiss from me, and then he turned his head because he didn't want it. Ah, that's bold. Yeah, I'm like, I was not going to kiss you, dude. Like, like, if you thought that that's what was going to happen, and then you rejected me, like, I I assure you I was not trying to kiss you. That's fucking bold. (laughs) Like, no, dude. Um... Did you not realize that I was having the worst time ever? (laughs) <laughs> I did not speak back to you when you were talking to me throughout the whole movie because I was trying to pay attention to the movie and yet you still kept telling me all this shit oh my god <laughs> see if I were you in that situation and he was like really hardcore fixing his car I would have snuck out and just disappeared like disappeared into the theater and then like yeah and got a ride somewhere else I so he would that. never known where you went <laughs> oh my god I should have done that I did that one time at someone's house did you really <laughs> yeah I realized that I was, he was like hey you wanna like it, we're actually friends I'm not gonna name him um, but it was like right when we met and he was like hey you wanna go look at my record collection and I was like oh fuck yeah and we were in his room and I was like oh oh no no, I just really wanted to look at the records, and he was wanting to look at me. Oh, no. And, yeah, and I realized it, because oh, I'm an no. idiot, and I was like, <laughs> wait, this is not what he meant? And he was like, hey, I'll be right back. And so I panicked. Oh, God, no. And I couldn't get out of his bedroom, so I snuck out his window and left. <laughs> Because I didn't want to catch him in the hallway and he'd be like, where are you going? So I literally like, I I think I broke his blinds. Like I was just like, I have to get out of here. (laughs) And I pushed out his uh, screen and snuck out his window 
and left and called someone when I was walking down the street to come pick me up. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's like, what? No, dude, no. Yeah. I mean, we're friends now, but he was like, yeah, I was so confused because <laughs> the door was still closed and then the breeze was blowing and the windows <laughs> was open and you were gone. <laughs> it's like the opposite of the Beatles song. Like, she came in through the bedroom window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So short commercial break. And then Morgan's going to get into some really awful stuff. So remember the trigger warning at the beginning. Yeah, and everybody um, uh, take a drink or, you know, uh, watch a funny video or eat your favorite food. Whatever calms you. Yeah. um, Hold your cat or your dog or your baby. Hey, we're back. (laughs) hi Uh, hi so are you ready to get really sad (laughs) no but yes (laughs) yeah i know this one's really really hard it's really terrible i kind of want to speed through it how do you feel that's fine like you don't have to go into into any gratuitous detail. They know, just, you know, do what you have to to get the point across. Okay. Because, like, uh, like Anna said, the movie is exactly what happened. And there's a whole bunch of other podcasts and there's documentaries and um, there's books based on the, as they're called, the Ken and Barbie killers. Right? Ken and Barbie killers. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of information out there. I don't want to get great into detail because all three of the murder victims were um, minors, 15, 14, and or two 15 year olds and a 14 year old. Like it's just very sad. Um, and I mean, there's just so much on these two people that if you are interested, you can go and look. I didn't want to put notes on this because it was just, it's it's fucked, just like the movie. <laughs> um, hmm. So, Carla Homolka, or Carla Leanne Homolka, she's also known as Carla Leanne Teal, and now I believe she's known as Leanne Bordelais. Uh, she has since remarried and had three kids, which is kind of terrifying because um, she's free now. Um, and then there is Paul Bernardo, also known as Paul Jason Teal, the Scarborough rapist or the schoolgirl killer um, or Ken. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, um, my God, Morgan. Can what? I stop you to tell you that I had a twisted genius idea? Oh, what is that? So, uh, on the Instagram story uh-huh. and the TikTok, oh, do you god. know the song I'm gonna play in the background to promote this? Oh my god, is it "I'm a Barbie Girl"? You know it is. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm sorry, it's just too good. It is. It is pretty good because they were known as the Ken and Barbie Killer because they were so beautiful, so blonde. 
so young and full of life, but she actually was pretty, but I thought he looks really creepy. Yeah, I mean, I can see that he, like his looks, he could. If it wasn't for that why blonde, attractive. Yeah, he looks like a. He sort of looks like Tom Cruise in his own weird way. I don't think so, but okay. I mean, he doesn't have three front teeth, or <laughs> but he does have the dark, glaring <laughs> eyes. Um, but yeah, Carla was pretty. Was very beautiful. Um, I mean, they were young, good looking. Is I guess nineties. No, she's not anymore. I mean, she's alive, but she is not pretty. Oh, I've not even seen recent photos of her. I thought yeah, Jill has, Jill has taken a toll on her. Um, I guess it was, it was like, I don't know the last picture. I think it was 2014 mm-hmm. that someone had taken a picture of her. Um, but anyway, yeah, she is in hiding. Um, so yeah, uh, Ken and Carla. Or, I mean, sorry, Paul. <laughs> I called him Ken, like the doll. Uh, so, Paul and Carla met, um, unfortunately, in, what year was it? 1987. So, Carla was only 17 years old at the time. She was going to a convention in Toronto. Um, it was a veterinary um, convention. And apparently, he went to... Um, for some reason, I think he was just trying to pick up girls because he was always a sex fiend um, from a very early age. Like, um, she was 17 and he was 23. Um, and like the movie shows that, like, what they did, you know, after they met, they, her and her friend and him and his friend, like, all met at a restaurant. And so they went back and started partying. And apparently they did have sex like the first time they met and in front of friends. Yeah. Like right in front of them. And they were like super disturbed by it. Um, Yeah. yeah. Do what? And I said, sure. Because, you know, if you don't, if the people in the room aren't like consenting to you suddenly stripping down in front of them, that's jarring. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, whoa. Hey. (laughs) Hey. Religion. If your exhibitionism is, like, your kink or whatever, we're not kink-shaming you, but, like, you could have asked us. Yeah, you could ask. Rude. But, like, in the movie, they're just like, oh, God, and they're watching it the whole time. Yeah, they're still watching. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, okay, uh, we'll let you have some privacy. Okay, bye. Yeah, I would have bailed. Awful. But they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this, and they're watching. And it... it it's kind of like me in the movie because I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening, but I still have to watch it. Um, yeah. But I guess, yeah, um, we watched it so you don't have to. We That should be our motto. Yeah, we watched it so you don't have to. Yeah. But sometimes they're actually good movies, though. <laughs> yeah, not this one. Um... So, um, Paul was born into a wealthy family, very dysfunctional. Um, he, he was like really rich, but his father, uh, was said to be abusive. A lot of the, the facts presented by, uh, or a lot of the information presented by the defense 
it, I don't know what to believe, you know? Because, like, the defense for Paul and the defense for um, Carla, they were, like, both, like, no, he did this. And I was, like, no, she did this. And it's just pointing fingers. Um, but also Paul, like, played this, like, played his side of it way down. And so did she. But he he claimed that he was um, he was abusive and he was uh, was he molested? I don't know. Um, he did have a weird, not great childhood. So his dad was charged with child molestation in 1975. And he also sexually abused his daughter. I don't know if he was ever convicted of this. I couldn't find anything else on it. But he was charged with child molestation. Um, He also found out that the man that he knew as the rapist that he also thought was his father was not his father. And that his mother had had an affair with his other rapist. And that was his father. Yeah, so that was like way confusing. (laughs) Um, so his dad that raised him was not his real dad, right? But he was also a child molester? Yes. Okay. And then his real dad actually raped his mom, correct? Yes. Yes. So anyway, there's a lot of rape, like, going on in his family. And since his mom, I guess, just kind of lived with all this rape around her, I guess it became normalized by his sick psyche somehow i'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist or anything but i mean he was around a lot of weird sexual crimes at a young age and um he had developed like really dark rape fantasies and he liked to uh like humiliate women um he would beat up the women he dated just like carla he was just like a piece of shit Like, he called his mom a whore and a slob. Like, he just used all these really negative words and, like, had this negative view of women. Um, Even though he was, like, so in love with Carla, he, like, treated her like a piece of fucking shit. Um, And Carla, I think, liked being treated like a piece of fucking shit. Um, So, uh, this is around the time when they met like 1987 was also around the time when uh the scarborough rapist was around um and later we come to find out that paul is actually the scarborough rapist and in the movie they allude to him like hiding this from her for a while and she had no clue but from what the defense said is that like Carla liked it Carla liked him going out and getting with these girls I don't know how true because they're they point fingers at each other a lot so it's yeah he said she said um but he committed a lot of rapes like yeah. like a lot I don't I don't know how many one two three four five six seven eight nine I think 10 11 there was a lot it was more than 10 I believe it was a lot 
Um, so they were, uh, the police was actually like looking for the Scarborough rapist for a while. And Paul Bernardo was actually on their radar. Um, and he was, he was asked for questioning. Um, he, they actually like had a lot of people giving like the women that, um, had seen his face, gave all these sketches and it looked like exactly like him. Um, and he had also been questioned in previous rape cases dating back to like 87, like 1990 is when they were like, Hey, I think this guy is the rapist. I don't know why they didn't catch him earlier than this. Um, but he was pretty smooth calculating, uh, just like Carla. Carla was just like quiet calculating. He was just loud and brash like the movie, like. He wanted to brag, and he pretended to be a lot smarter than he was. He'd read a lot and, um, like, study a lot. So he would just, you know, manipulate people. Um, so anyway, Carla and Paul's relationship was, like, at the start was really fucked up. Um, so they met when she was 17 and he was 23. Um, and then he proposed when she was... Yeah, they met in October, and he proposed the day before Christmas that same year. So she was 17, and he was 23. Um, So by 1990, um, Paul had become like a regular fixture in the Homolka household. Um, Carla had two sisters, Lori and Tammy, and Tammy was the youngest. Um, And Paul was like obsessed with Tammy. Um he was actually really pissed that Carla had lost her virginity before they met. And so, uh, supposedly Carla said, well, since I couldn't give you my virginity, then I can give you my sister instead. And that would be Tammy who was 15 at the time. Um, there's some mixed messages on how many times they drugged her but it seems like more than once that they drugged knocked her out and raped her um there there were another there was another time um that paul said in his testimony on the trial uh in july of 1990 that carla laced some food that she had cooked with some valium that she stole from the animal clinic where she worked and she served the dinner to her sister. Uh, her sister passed out and then Paul, uh, raped Tammy while Carla watched. Now this one wasn't on tape. The next one was, um, so, uh, Carla had become like Paul's, you know, like toy thing. Um, because Carla would just go with whatever Paul said. Um, and I will say that Carla was way more of an actor in these crimes than this fucking movie showed. Carla was not this, like, little feeble person. She had a lot to do with it. And, I mean, later... I'll uh, tell more about how Carla was more of an actor in all of this. Um, So six months before their wedding, Carla had stolen some um, 
I think it was like sleeping medication or conscious sedation medicine. I can't remember what it is. And it was right. Halcyon? Halcyon. Do they still make that? Yes. What? Halcyon is what she used. I'm. What? Really? I guess they made it in the 80s, right? Yeah, that's, that's how she got that. That's how Tammy got that burn on her face because it's supposed to be, um, uh, you're supposed to do some process to it, and you're not supposed to put it directly on someone. And she put it directly on her face, like smother her, like. Uh, oh, that's why she had the burn marks on her yes, face. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it's sort of like, um, ether. Yeah, ether or uh, the other one. Um. Drawing a blank. Where they put it over your mouth. Uh, Laughing gas? No. Uh, no. Oh, God damn it. It's sort of like the same thing where they cover your face with a rag and you pass out. Yeah, but I don't know what it's called. Oh, my God. Why am I blanking out on this? No. Uh, uh, it's what, like, everybody was scared of, like, with killers, like, with the rag. Anthrax? God no. <laughs> <laughs> um, said, Mark and I were talking about the anthrax scare earlier, so it's fresh on the brain. Yeah, that was a mad, a real mad scientist did that. Um, chemical that puts people to sleep. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Why am I blinking? Oh, yeah, because I just woke up. It's not GHB. God damn it. It's where they like, uh, like in all the movies in the 90s, like they, uh, I wish our listeners could help us out because I know they're yelling right now. Like, come on, it's this sleeping gas. It's sort of, but it's, you know, they put the fucking rag over your face. The I rag. Ether was right. Oh, ether gets you fucked up. Sorry, I did ether <laughs> a long time ago. Um, like Curious ah. George. Did I buy that book for you? Yes, you did. That was so <laughs> great. Curious George does ether. Oh fuck! They yeah. put him in the fucking tub. <laughs> Isn't it Curious George gets a job or something like that? That's the one that it has him doing the ether. Yeah, because he's like cleaning, cleaning yeah. the floor or something. Yeah. Guys, I bought this children's book that has this fun drug scene in it for Morgan as a gift once. That's oh, so great. <laughs> That's like the best book ever. It's I like how so he's funny. like 
grabbing him, the guy in the yellow coat. And he's like, why? <laughs> like, I know. George is like all fucked up on chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, I think at the time when they wrote it, they just thought, oh, this chloroform. Funny. Sorry. Chloroform. Oh, my God. Why could I not think of the word? I, I, we both, none, neither one of us thought of it. Jesus. Okay. Right. Chloroform. Fucking chloroform. Fucking chloroform. Right. Right. Not ether. Right. Ether, right. for me, was fun, but... Hey, kids, don't do drugs. We are not endorsing drugs. Don't do drugs. We are not. Unless you're over 21 and you're in a state where it's legal to smoke pot. Exactly. And always stay away from ether, fentanyl, or any, like, meth, no, crack, no, cocaine. Stay away. You get out. No drugs. All right. End my way. <laughs> but anyway, Morgan just wants to be really clear on that. Really fucking clear. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. it's so they they put the gas over or they put the chemical on a rag and put it over her face. So while it's over her face, um, because it's supposed to be given like a gas, right? Right. Yes. Like, you know, continuous but at low, very low doses. She yeah. just put the fucking soaked ass rag on her face, which ended yes. up giving her severe chemical burns to her face, which no one ever questioned, really. Yeah, they like just ignored it. <laughs> yeah, so I just think it's crazy that like a 15 year old dies and her blood alcohol level was not that high. And they just were like, okay, she died, you know? All right, she choked on her vomit. Cool. Yeah, they they die. They said that she uh, died of suffocation, right? Uh, I can't remember. Um, but they were saying that the alcohol, um, the alcohol contributed to her untimely death. Which, if right. they would have actually looked at this and investigated this, I think Carla and Paul would have been done right. Right at this beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying that it's the police's fault that they got away with this because, you know, like young people dying is kind of touchy, especially when the family's involved. But fuck, do your fucking job. <laughs> and like, we don't care if they look pretty and innocent. Um, people can yeah. wear and she's clothing. Yeah, exactly. So she had chemical burns on her face. She's drunk. She's unconscious. She vomited on herself. Wouldn't they do an autopsy and see that she had been raped vaginally and anally? And it was all on the fucking tape. And I know. And they could have seen that she was raped um, if they had done their job. And I don't know if what the deal is in, uh, in Canada, but if someone dies... Even like a, a death like this, like a suspicious death, um, alcohol overdoses uh, or alcohol definitely can like warrants an autopsy. Um, yes. And especially in, in the United States, anybody under the age of 18 automatically gets a uh, an autopsy. So I don't know if they just didn't do a complete autopsy or that the family just decided not to get an autopsy. But if they would have, they would have seen that she had some pretty extensive uh, injuries, probably 
uh, most likely because from what I know about the families, uh, what they thought at the time, they kind of just looked at it like, well, you know, sometimes teenagers get super drunk and they die from, you know, a a tragic accident. That's such bullshit. Like, even if the family, like in the United States, even if the family were like, we do not want an autopsy on this girl, uh, they'd be like, fuck you, she's 15, she's getting one, no matter what. Yeah, like, what if they did it, you know what I mean? Exactly. Because Carla and and, uh, Paul did. (laughs) Yeah, and they actually hid all the evidence, they put her clothes back on, Um, they made it. Oh yeah, they scrubbed the scene beforehand. Yeah, and they waited a while to call the police, too, because they had to get everything um, looking okay. So she ended up dying, um, and they that was six months before their wedding. Um, so I believe they got married then? No. No, after that, um, in June, Paul was driving around to do some dirty work because apparently he was like stealing license plates. He was, um, he was selling cigarettes across the border in the United States and and in Toronto or something. He was like illegally dealing in tobacco and he was doing all this like really shady shit. Even though he was an accountant before this, <laughs> like he, yeah, yeah he. He like lost like his accountants job. don't do shady shit. Eh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> like the movie The Accountant. They make that job look so fun. I know, it, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I know some accountants. They're not that fun. No offense <laughs> to any accountants that are like, hey, I'm fun. They're My listening. grandmother was an accountant. <laughs> yeah, Andrew's dad is and I always joke like your life was like the accountant. <laughs> 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 he's like yeah that's like the best way they could show accountants <laughs> um so so anyway they uh they had ruled the her death an accident um and they said it was because she choked on the consumption of alcohol um and anyway in june um, Paul doing some sh- shady shit, driving around Toronto and St. Catharines, an area in uh, Canada, in Quebec, right? Quebec? Yes. Yeah, so Quebec. he actually found uh, 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey. Uh, she had m- missed her curfew after attending a funeral and was locked out of her house. Um, she couldn't find anyone to stay every night and she was staying outside. She was by herself and it was like, I don't know, way after it was like two in the morning, I guess. Um, and Paul came up and started talking to the girl's house. I mean, not talking to the girl's house, (laughs) talking to the girl beside her house and, like the movie said, he said, "Yeah, Did I was you thinking- get a fresh coat of paint. You are looking <laughs> fine." <laughs> oh man, those windows! <laughs> I couldn't resist. Yeah. I didn't mean to say her house. <laughs> so Paula was like, "Hey, yeah, I'm gonna break into your neighbor's house, like the movie," and she was like, "That's crazy," like. 
poor 14 year old girl was thinking like this guy's super cool but i would be super fucking shade like weirded out if some guy was like hey i'm gonna break into your neighbor's house uh yeah and- absolutely so she was just like hey can i have any cigarettes uh and so he's like yeah follow me to the car and then she was in front of him and he grabbed a uh, something to blindfold her and then he forced her by knife point into the car um, that's when he drove her all the way to his and Carla's house. Um, and he raped her while Carla, uh, slept upstairs. And then he woke up Carla and said that he had a playmate for her. Um, and they filmed themselves torturing and like raping, um, this 14 year old girl. Um, this part makes my heart hurt. While listening to Bob Marley and David Bowie. Like, what the fuck? How dare you dis- desecrate them like that? I know. Like, doing fucked up shit. To- you don't do fucked up shit to Bob Marley and David Bowie. But anyway, um, they filmed all of this. And it was like a BDSM tape. And, like, Paul loved filming everything. He actually, fi- I don't think I mentioned that. They filmed the Tammy's death. And everything. Oh yeah, they definitely filmed that. It yeah, both of them. Part of their downfall. Yeah, both both of them raping her. Um, and so both of them were raping Mahaffey too. Um, and then she she asked Paul to start, and then Paul to stop, and then he her blindfold slipped off and she saw both of them, which she had already seen him. So I don't know why it mattered anyway. And they're really far away from where, um, they were, but apparently Paul claimed that Carla gave her a lethal dose of the same drug that they drugged her sister with. And she died. Um, but then Carla said that Bernardo strangled her with um, some twine and put her body in the basement. That was what they showed on the movie. Uh, what they said in court was that Carla did act in this. Like in the movie, they made Carla look to be like super disgusted and not wanting to partake in anything. But really, like after she had already received her plea deal, it came out that she was way more than an unwilling participant in this. She was active and she was disgusting, just like Paul in the videos. Yeah. Um, Because they said the movie was way too sympathetic towards her. Yeah, it makes me so fucking mad. It makes me so mad because they make her seem like, oh, it's forced to because he beat me. And I was like, no, honey. Nuh-uh. Do you want to hear my theory? What is that? Here's my theory. You know, Paul was just the Scarborough rapist before he met Carla. Carla starts bringing women home to him, and then... She gets jealous. She's the one that administers the drugs. He's like, damn it, Carla. Are we going to have to kill this one, too? 
and then they kill her because Carla or Carla's already killed her or whatever. And then, oh, we've got to dispose of this body now because that because we'll both be implicated. Blah, blah, blah. I think yeah. he might not have killed if not for her. I I really think you're right because um, he had been. I don't know. I think that she he would have just been a rapist but if not for Carla both of them wanting to participate like because she wanted to make him happy and she wanted to be his only but she knew that he had to get his like kicks somewhere else on the street so, so then they, after they got the kicks with them she'd get jealous and kill them essentially yeah That's what I think yeah I think you're right like uh what is the other case we covered the Australian couple oh um yeah Catherine Bernie and David Bernie yeah, like she got jealous and would kill. Um, yeah, like she'd stuff dirt in that girl's face, like after she was dead, and was like, "You stupid bitch!" Like yeah. it, it really reminded me of that. Like, kind of brought me back to that case because me too. she was, she also was like hit by him and stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's like she kind of blamed Paul for all of this, but it's like. Dude, you were just as guilty, if not more guilty, because you had the drugs. He could not have forced you to go to work and then get the drug. Yeah. Yeah. He he was not there to force your hand to steal those drugs, yet she kept stealing the drugs to drug these girls and to kill them. So in the movie they do show him like dropping by and being like, How's work going? Yeah. But that he's not in there making her well, still drugs. I, I know. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, like, maybe they're showing they were trying to make that case or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Like the bullshit that the her defense team, like, they really conned uh, the legal system in Canada. Oh, one hundred percent. Because she asked for a plea deal, and she got it, and then all of the tapes were released. Because I don't think Paul, like in the movie, he said, if you really love someone, you're going to make them go down. And you're going to make them like, what do you say? Uh, You're going to, if you really love someone, you're going to try everything to make them go down and to make them regret leaving you. Or something like that. Which, I don't think that was the truth. Because he had those tapes in his possession the whole time. He could have released them. But he Uh, held them until she was like, hey, I want a plea deal and I'll confess to everything. That's not exactly what happened. Oh. So, here's what happened. Shit, I guess I got my sources mixed up. (laughs) No, let me just explain. So, Paul, his first lawyer, Paul gave those tapes to his first lawyer. And that lawyer sat on them for two years. And then he felt super guilty and dismissed himself from the case and gave the tapes to the next lawyer. And the next lawyer was a much more honest man who was not trying to impede the justice system. Oh. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty fucked up. How is he not, like, disbarred? He was. He uh, He's in jail now, I think. Oh, good. I did not pick up any of this, but also, like I said, I don't have any notes. <laughs> hey, man, I told you, anytime you don't 
you you've had a rough case. I have always done the backup work. Thank you. I appreciate you. So, so, <laughs> so after this uh, other victim, um, they killed her, or Carla gave her the lethal dose of drugs, um, and they put her body in the basement, and then, um, they decided to dismember Leslie Mahathy. That's the um, the victim, and they put each piece of her into a cement block. Um, he, uh, Paul bought a bunch of bags and cement and all these, I think like a saw or something too. And yeah, circular saw. No, he uses grandfather's circular saw. And then they both took numerous trips and dumped pieces of her body, um, into uh, Lake Gibson. And then each of the blocks weighed about 200 pounds. And they were not able to sink. Um, and so a, I guess a few days later, her body was discovered. Um, and then they were able to identify Leslie by her teeth. Um Yo, I have a question. What's up? Where the fuck did they get all this cement? Uh, they got it at a hardware store. Nobody was suspicious about the amount of cement they were buying? They bought a dozen bags. That feels I mean, like a lot to me, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> if you're trying to, f- you know, fill in your basement, I don't think a dozen bags would be too much. Because I think we we did a dozen bags to make a, a pumice wall. Uh, and that was just one little wall that we mixed with other things. I think we bought a dozen. Uh, I don't yeah. actually know anything about doing concrete at home, so, you know, don't mind yeah. me. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that much. Like, if you want to redo a, a floor or something in your basement, which is, you know, probably like 18 by 20 feet, like the amount of square footage and the depth i think you would need well over a dozen so they're kind of pretending like they're doing some kind of work um that makes sense i mean if they were buying like rope (laughs) and duct tape and like a circular saw and all this stuff yeah i'd be like what the that would look very suspicious yeah but he actually used a family member's circular saw says his grandfather's and by the way, I'm getting a lot of this from Wikipedia and Murderpedia and some news articles from, uh, I don't know where the, where the news articles are from. I've gotten I, some from the Toronto Sun. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think it maybe it was the Toronto Sun. I already exited out. Whatever. Um, so anyway, there were... They were then out for an afternoon ride on April 16th, 1992. Um, Paul and Carlo were driving through St. Catharines to actually look for potential victims. Um, it was after school, and it was right before Good Friday. They The streets were pretty much empty, 
and they saw a 15 year old girl named Christian Kristen French. She was walking fast uh, back home. She was alone. And the couple pulled up into a parking lot, called her over, and Carla said, like, was pretending to look at a map and asking for directions. And Carla was like, please come over and show me where this is. So being the good girl she was, Kristen French went over and started to show Carla directions on the map. That's when Paul jumped from the back seat and, like, grabbed her and pulled her into the car. Um, and then Carla made the girl like lay down in the back of the seat by holding her hair. Uh, I'm just going to say this. If you get pulled into a car by strangers, you fight to the death. You know, if they're taking you anywhere else, I'm just saying fight to the fucking death. If you die, whatever, you're going to die a way more horrible death if you go to the Wherever they're taking you. That's just my opinion. But yeah. So. She laid on the floorboard. While Carla pulled her hair. I would have fucking like let my hair rip out. Just saying. Um, But she was a 15 year old girl. Carla was 21. 20. How old was she? Like 23 at this time. 1992. She's 22. Yeah. So she had a little bit more. Um force over this girl uh they went back home um and over the course of three days they tortured raped and sodomized her and they also forced her to drink uh large amounts of alcohol which she was like a really good girl so she it it was probably your first time to drink and she was a virgin um so she had like she was broken down And by within 24 hours, her parents had um, notified the police that she was missing. um, And they found several witnesses that had seen the abduction. But no one came forward before that. So I don't get what happened there. Because it wasn't until like 24 hours later. I guess maybe they were like, what did we just see? But I don't know. I would call somebody. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, like, I always ask people if they're okay, if I think they're in danger. Like, I'm always that person that are like, are you okay? Mouthing to women who are, like, getting hit on by men. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I, I try to stay aware of my surroundings. But, um, yeah, multiple people saw this happen. Um, and they said they could give police, you know, um, like a description of the car description of the perpetrators. Um, and then her parents came out on national TV, um, begging for whoever took her to bring her back home. And that's when like Carla and her were like watching TV together. Um, and on the movie they show like. You know, she's really upset by this. Like, Carla is like, oh, my God, this is so sad. Like, you're so sweet. Here's my stuffed animal. But it was like, I think it was her idea to fucking kill this girl. Um, And according to testimony. Yeah. According to Paul's testimony, 
Um, they, he said that she tried to escape after watching TV and Carla chased her down and hit her in the head. Um, and then her side of the story was that Paul had just strangled her after she had, he had beat her or something. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. Maybe both happened. I think they both ran and got her and did shit. Um, yeah. Cause they're both fucking guilty. Um, yeah, so absolutely. then they found her body on April 30th in Burlington, which was like 45 minutes away from where she was taken. Um, and they said that the body had been washed thoroughly and her hair had been cut off. Um, they said that they thought the her hair was removed like a trophy, um, but it was just so that they could buy more time to slow down the ID process of her. Uh, who knows what? Because I think their tapes were trophies. Like they filmed all of this. I think that was their trophy. Absolutely. I, yeah. So um, after this, the police start getting suspicious of Paul um, because he was already implicated in multiple rapes around Canada in um, in Toronto and in Quebec City I think all, like all around the Toronto and Quebec area of Canada um, so at some point I'm going to skip over some stuff um, I don't know how they got caught I think how do you know? Uh, do you know? Oh, uh, yeah. You you yeah. go, because that's all I got, man. Oh, so here's how they got caught. After Carla basically um, ratted Paul out because of the abuse, she pretty much signed their death warrant, more or less. Um, she was like, yeah, so, you know, he beat me. All this happened. I was just a victim, is the way she painted it to the police. And when they searched um, Paul's house, all they found was the one tape uh, of Carla and her sister. Ah. Yeah. So it made Carla look guilty. So, um... That's the only tape that they found at first. But uh, Carla made a plea deal, like, right then. And um, what else happened? I already explained to you about him giving the tapes to the lawyer and the, the lawyer obstructing justice and holding on to them. So, basically, her telling on herself and the uh, rate the rape kits or his DNA when he got tested as a Scarborough rapist. Um, that DNA finally got processed and they, and they, yeah. And so then they knew that he was a Scarborough rapist and then that gave them like a warrant to believe her story and go check essentially. Yeah. They also try to change their names. That's why I said also known as, uh, teal they applied for that and it they took the name of a serial killer from uh 
a movie called Criminal Law. <laughs> Which classy. Doesn't that point at guilty for both of them? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But I guess they thought they were being clever. Yeah, I don't get it. Um I don't know. they're they're terrible people. <laughs> yeah, so like the movie showed about he beat the shit out of her. Um that is true. And the pictures of her are, they're really fucked. He really beat the fuck out of her. He beat the ever-living shit out of her. Yeah, it looked like he was trying to kill her. Um, yeah. She she had some pretty deep injuries, like really bad injuries. Um, and that's when she, like, moved out. And I think that's when he starts to realize, like, I'm losing it, I guess. Because he didn't have his partner in crime. Yeah. And I think that's when she was like, oh, fuck, he has all those tapes. <laughs> so she went and just gave it all up. Yeah, pretty much. For immunity. Yeah, pretty much. Which, that isn't calculating. That's super calculating. Because she knew, or I, she didn't know, but I guess she thought, she probably thought that Paul destroyed the other tapes. Yeah. Or something like that. And um, I guess she thought if she made a deal, you know, those things would never come to light. But they did, and she had already made that deal. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. So they made a deal with the devil. Yeah. And that's what they call it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no. They call the deal that Carla made the deal with the devil. Yeah. Which is or, completely true. Totally. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, she's living somewhere in uh, near Montreal now. Um, and she recently there was some outrage because she was volunteering at her children's school. And uh, once the parents realized who she was, they freaked out um, for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not a registered sex offender. She's not a convicted murderer. Um, there's actually nothing keeping her from doing that, so. Except for public opinion. Exactly. Fucking country decided not to charge her with anything. What they say? It was just, uh, manslaughter. That was yeah. the only charge she got was manslaughter. Yep. She got off, like, super, super late. Super late. Yeah. Um, and what? meanwhile, Paul is still... Um, locked up as he should be, as both of them should be. But Paul yeah. is serving a life sentence. Um, he has filed, he filed for uh, an appeal like in 2015, which was or 2018 or something, which is the first time he ever actually took it up because uh, he was able to file for appeal or like a rehearing or something way earlier, but he just chose not to. Um, and what I was reading was that, uh, he just had all this like high medical jargon. Like it was just ridiculous saying why he shouldn't be in there and why he should be let out. And when they asked him like personal questions, he still just gave like, um, medical reasons why he acted that way. Not anything like, Hey, I learned blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, this is this is me and I'm going to be honest. It, it was just literally like out of a medical book on like 
mental illness. He was just like, I had bad coping skills. And they're like, why did you have bad coping skills? And he's like, yep. And shakes his head yes. And they're like, what the fuck? Uh, So they did not give him clemency or like a rehearing or anything. Um, And I felt bad because the victim's family members were in the courtroom and had to go through that. Um, Because in, in Canada, you're like able to have a rehearing like every year, every two years or something. Luckily he's only asked for a rehearing like once. So they were only subjected to him like talking shit in court like one time. Um I think that was in like twenty seventeen. I can't find the dang news article. But it was like really weird the stuff he was saying. They said he he looked disheveled, his hair was all messed up. Uh, he didn't really have a clear path of what he was trying to say. So they were like, nah, you're you're going to stay. Absolutely. They denied it. Yeah, he was rejected uh, on for parole in 2018. That was it. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so do you, wanna, do you know about when he was uh, engaged? Oh, God. So he charmed uh, and manipulated this, uh, like, she never released her name to the press or whatever, but she was, like, a 30-year-old woman from London, um, Ontario. Uh, He had charmed and manipulated her. Oh, London, Ontario? Yeah. Not London. Yeah, London, Ontario. (laughs) I know I said that weird, but yeah, London, Ontario. Um. Uh, yeah, so she said yes to marrying him, and um, she, like, took up for him and said that she believed he was innocent. <laughs> I know. And um, she uh, got a tattoo on her ankle that said Paul's girl. Oh, God. Yeah, and in several That's interviews. People. I know, right? In several interviews, she just, like, wouldn't talk about marrying him. Um, and, but, but like, (laughs) never said that the wedding plans were off. And she said that he was a kind man, a Christian, a very nice man. Oh my God. Like this chick has been hook, lined and sinkered. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That just makes me so sick. Like he raped so many fucking people and there's even like more rapes and attempted rapes and possible victims like murder victims that are out there still because they think he's tied to more murders um, yeah and they also think he's tied to way more rapes yeah um so just so you know um she did not marry him turns out this was she was trying to like get close to him for a book to write Mm. And when he found out, he uh, refused to talk to her anymore. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope she, she aban- broke his heart. She abandoned the ill-conceived plan. <laughs> <sighs> I hope she broke his heart and ripped it into shreds. Uh, maybe. I, I mean, that'd be nice, but probably not. I don't think he has a heart. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Yeah. His eyes are so fucking dark. And Carla's, too. Yeah, Carla's are, they're, they both just look wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, Carla is remarried. Um, she yeah, also had a relationship, a long-term relationship in jail, too. I think it it's not the same person, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I think she was dating someone in prison. Because there's, like, a lot of, like, love letters available to look at if you're into that shit. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to read all those. If you want to go deep down that rabbit hole, it's available. Yeah. Um... I think his name was like Steven something. I don't know. Um, but I know you're talking about. yeah, she had a like a relationship, but she actually married her lawyer's brother. Yeah. And has kids with him. Three. Three kids. And that's where she was volunteering at her children's school. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, mm, I wonder what the lawyer thinks about it. Is there any I, like public shit about that um i'm sure being that he's a lawyer he's never commented or she i think her lawyer was a lady oh i'm sorry people (laughs) yeah but she has um every before she was trying to get out of jail because she only served 12 years in prison but she tried to get out before and they had like court um, appointed like psychiatrists and stuff speak to her and they were all like she is psychotic she is a manipulative person she's a narcissist she's all this and that and they were like we do not think she should go out because she is still like a threat and we had they let her out after 12 years Good. yeah you know gels should be like you know I, I think jail and prison should be rehabilitation, but for a crime like this, with your own sister, uh, multiple minors, and the deceit and lies throughout everything, I don't think any form of psychiatric shit or like jail time. This is just my opinion, not the opinion of our podcast, but like. I don't think there's fixing fucked up. Like, I don't think there's fixing that kind of fucked up. You're just evil. That's it. Yeah, I think she's beyond redemption. But um, Canada, the the Canadian government decided that she wasn't, so. Just like their people, they are too nice. (laughs) In this case, absolutely. (laughs) So, Morgan. Yes. Have you? I know you've been insanely busy, but in the moments that you've had to relax, uh, what have you been up to? What what fun shenanigans have occurred? Uh, dang, we just had an episode last week, and all I have done is worked since then, I think. Didn't, I don't you, even... make, didn't you make a delicious homemade tomato soup? <gasps> oh, yeah, I did. I did. It was so good. The secret is take a lot of tomatoes and just chop them up. You don't even have to peel them because fuck that. It takes too long. You just chop all the tomatoes up. Just take the the top off. You don't even have to core them or anything. Just that hard little piece where the stem attaches. Right. Chop them all up. Chop up a red onion. Uh, chop up a red bell pepper. And put it all on a, a tray or in a casserole dish. 
cover it in a little bit of oil and a whole bunch of Italian seasoning like uh, basil, salt, pepper, rosemary, thyme, and oregano. And just put that baby in the oven on 400 for like 30 minutes. And you just stir it up every now and then till they're roasted. And then you put that all in a pot. Add uh, like one or two tablespoons of tomato paste. Stir it up. Add some vegetable broth or chicken broth, whatever you prefer. And cook it down just a little bit. And then put it in a food processor. There you go. Bam. Tomato soup. And I recommend pairing that with a grilled cheese sandwich, specifically Gouda on pumpernickel. Oh, my God. You still make me want that so bad. You got to go for it when you get the chance. I need to find, like, a baker around here that does good bread. Because it's just, like, box stores that I get my bread from, and I'm really bummed about it. Um, I will say this. The pumpernickel at Trader Joe's is good. See, I don't live near Trader Joe's. The Trader Joe's I have to go to is in this, like, really ritzy part of Richmond. Um, Short Pump, also known as The Pump. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't ever call it The Pump. Um, But it's, like, this ritzy, like, upscale, really, it's annoying. But, Well, I have to drive to, like east syracuse to go so oh that's a long way away i also have a journey (laughs) yeah yeah see i don't i don't like going in there because it's like all these moms with their kids and they're all in a rush and they're wearing like their workout clothes and they're like oh my god i'm wearing my workout clothes oh my god and they're like talking on their cell phone it's like literally like clones walking through trader joe's and it really makes me upset uh because i'm like this is what this is what the world is. Like I gotta tell you, don't go out in the world anymore. That's that's never the people I run into at our local Trader Joe's. Oh, really? It's a lot of middle-aged and older people. Oh, no, that's not... Maybe I I went at the wrong time. I've only been to this Trader Joe's like three times. And it was was the same amount. now, And it's just really like hippie, middle-aged to like early 60s folks that I've noticed. Oh, but uh, they're like kids that they're toting around or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I when I did go the first time, I was like, "Oh wow, this is the first time I've been in a Trader Joe's." And this was like 2015, 2016. I was like, "I've never been in a Trader Joe's." So I told this guy, "Hey, this is my first time in a Trader Joe's." Or maybe it was like 2018. Yeah, it was like 2018, actually. I was like, this is my first time at a Trader Joe's. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he rang this bell. And I was just like, I am not oh prepared God. for this. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was like, come with me. And I'm like, is this like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? So I just follow this come guy around. with me and you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy was like so Trader Joe's has been around and he gave me like the whole history of the store he's pointing to his favorite things it is like <laughs> the greatest day of this guy's life and I'm not gonna ruin it so I'm going along with it cause he's <laughs> super happy so I'm like fuck yeah this guy is like into it he's like this is where you can get you know like 
your organic like tofu shreds and like all this stuff and like if you're on the go like you can get this and like i love eating this and he's like these snacks are delicious and he's like and did you know that trader i'm like i literally know nothing about trader joe's dude (laughs) and he's like did you know that if you buy a bag of chips you open it you don't like the chips you can be like hey i want my money back and we'll give it to you and he was like and sometimes i'll tell you that we all share the food that's brought back. And I'm like, that's kind of scary. Um, (laughs) But he was like, yeah, this is a great place. So if you're not into what you, he goes, and if you're into it and you say, I want to try this, we will open it and we will let you taste test it. If you don't like it, it doesn't matter. We'll get to eat it later. I was like, what? He's that like, is yeah. true, although not now with COVID. Yeah, right? Yeah, no, this was pre, pre-COVID times. Pre, yeah. uh, pre-hard times. So this guy's, like, super happy, bouncing off the walls, telling me about Trader Joe's. And, like, meanwhile, this place is fucking busy. I think it made his day that I was like, I've never been in a Trader Joe's. I don't know what's happening. And so he ended up giving me, like, a free grocery bag and everything, like, one of those reusable bags. Yeah, it was a great time in that Trader Joe's. <laughs> it sounds like a blast. Yeah, whoever that guy was, you fucking sold it. You are a great employee. You've made Trader Joe's look really good. Yeah, he did. He, like, gave me a tour of the store, and it was, like, a really small. I mean, to me, I don't know what normal Trader Joe's look like, but this one's kind of small. Uh, the Ours is, too, so I think they're not very big stores. Okay, because that was the only one I've ever been in. Like, I always hear Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's. I've only been in the one in Syracuse, too. Like, I've only been to the one, so I don't know. Yeah, but if you tell those people, this is my first time in a Trader Joe's, they will give you free shit. And guess what? How are they going to know if you've ever been to one before? Right? I know. Like, I did that at Lush. Uh, Don't tell anybody. Oh, my God, I love Lush. I've been to a ton of Lushes, but every new store I go to, I'm like, oh my god, this is my first time. And they give you so many free samples. I'm going to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) So, our listeners, how to get free shit. (laughs) If you work at some places, don't tell on us. Yeah, don't tell on us. Be cool. Yeah. Yeah, just be cool, be cool. Yeah, but the secret is just tell people it's my first time here, and they really like that. Especially if it's, like, a niche store like that. Yeah, like Lush. Oh, where else have I been where I did that? And it was, like, somebody I was with was, like, it is not your first time here. And I was, like, shut up. Oh, the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) You're my hero. (laughs) Uh, I haven't been to a cheesecake cheesecake factory in a long time. Not since like the last time I was in Atlanta. It sounded like you just said cheesecock factory. <laughs> uh, that sounds gross. Cheesecake. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, so, all right. That. So Morgan had some dope soup, and she watched the Harmontown reunion. Oh yeah! Shout out to. Harmontown. Oh my god. Like they they ended Harmontown, what was it, twenty nineteen or something? 
Um, and Dan Harmon's been doing these like reunion shows for all of his old shows. Like he did a, a community reunion show, which was great. And it's all via Zoom. So it's it's amazing. I love Dan Harmon. He's yeah, like he's great. He's an asshole, but he's like a genius asshole. Well, okay. Did I ever tell you about that um that episode? I wanna say it was This American Life, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was Reply All. It was one of those type show podcasts or shows or whatever. And basically it was this journalist. Um, no, it was one of the writers from um community, I think. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Talking about how it was like he made it like a hostile work environment for her and she felt like harassed. And then how um they had the falling out or whatever, and then he acknowledged what he did and apologized and has actively worked to be a better person. Yeah. And she, and she like acknowledged that and forgave him. Yeah. No, he um there's a lot of people that have spoke out about how hard he is to work with. Yeah. Um, I mean, even his ex-wife, like, he admits to being, like, a piece of shit to her. Um, they're still friends. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think he is always, like, trying to become a better person, even though he is, like, an asshole. I think it's, like, he doesn't... He's got a lot of mental stuff going on. I love Dan Harmon. He knows he's got a lot of mental stuff going on. But, like, he knows there's something wrong with him. And, like, he acts, you know, like, um, on just a whim, like a thought or something. And re he just reacts, I think. Like, he reacts to a lot of things. And then he puts a lot of um, shit on other people. And, like, he openly admits to... Like, just being a piece of shit sometimes. And he goes to a lot of therapy. And he's been accused of, like, the, the sexual misconduct that with the, with the writer on Community. And, like, he openly admitted that. And he ended up going, like, to more hardcore therapy over that. Um, which I commend. Like, if you can be an asshole and then admit you're an asshole and literally try to change yourself... Like, what and, more do you want from someone who's like that? Yeah, I I commend people for that. Because it's hard to say that you're wrong. It's hard to say that you're, like, a dick. Or you're. it's hard to admit to some pretty fucked up shit you've done, you know? Yeah, no one wants to admit that they've been a shitty person. Yeah, and he, he may be a little self-deprecating sometimes. Um, I think it's great. I really enjoyed the... Um, Harmontown reunion show. Andrew actually bought tickets to it because right. it was like a paid thing. So yeah, we bought tickets and watched it together. Alright, cool. Yeah, what have you been up to, Mian? Uh, what have I been up to? Da, da, da. Um, let's see. Oh, I watched Mark and I watched um a promising young woman. Oh shit! I really want to watch it. Morgan, it was really good. Mark described it as thirteen reasons why esque. Oh, I hate that show. I never watched that show. I read the book though. 
Yeah, don't watch the show. Well, Mark said he liked it, but he never read the book, so... Andrew likes that trash show. I call it his teen trash show. <laughs> Mark only watched the first season. He didn't want to watch past that. Yeah, and he's right for it. So stupid. She's like, here's the reason why I killed myself. It's your fault to everybody. It's like, come on. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh my god, you looked at me wrong. Here's the reason why. <laughs> okay, like, did the chick go through some definite trauma and had just a really shit luck and then maybe certain things that other people did had a big impact on her psyche? Sure. Yeah. Does that mean that it's their fault ultimately? No. no. You still have agency. Yeah, it's not like they're pulling your hand or they're like the makers of the rest of your life. She was. Right. It, it's just so fucked up. Because uh, all time, these. We are not at all victim blaming. This is also a fictional movie. Yeah, no. Not victim blaming at all. But I think it's pretty fucked up that someone would put that on other people. Especially when some of the things that she was like, this is why, weren't that big of a deal. Yeah, that's what Mark and I were saying. Yeah, like some things were like, dude. Like, she's like, you you said I did this, and I didn't do that. And I was like, yeah, that's a fucked up thing to do, but you don't have to fucking go kill yourself for it and then blame them for the rest of their life. Yeah. I don't know. I know. Sorry, it's a trash show. <laughs> a lot of problematic things with that show, and most of them occur after the first season, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the anyway. second season, I only watch like clips, like you know, like I don't know, like thirty minutes of an episode or whatever, like with Andrew, and then I'd be like, okay, this is bullshit, so I'm leaving. Mark binged um, the entire first season by himself before I met him. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I think. And, yeah. Yeah. So and then I was like, yeah, I've never watched it because I read the book when it was first when it first hit the like um release for new books or whatever um like i bought a hardback copy like the day after it was released because i just happened to be at barnes and noble <laughs> yeah legitimately like i was looking for a new book and that looked like uh the kind of trash that i like to read at the time um oh, secretly <laughs> and it was actually not a terrible book um but uh yeah yeah. So yeah. I told him I had no desire to watch the show because um, the book said all it needed to. Why do I want to watch that? In I don't know. I was just I didn't have any excitement for that as an adapt a film adaptation. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh... But oh 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 the film yeah. Promising young woman. Oh yeah, so promising young woman. Um, so it's got Carrie Mulligan who is fantastic um she's been in a lot of movies but to me she'll always be sally sparrow from the blink episode of doctor who sally sparrow yes and um, any and any doctor who fan knows exactly what i'm talking about because that's the first episode ever that you see the weeping angels <gasps> oh my god i know okay i know who you're talking about oh okay so andrew is a huge Doctor Who fan. Um, what? Why did I have not known this about your 
fiance, Morgan. Yeah, no, I bought him a Tardis, like a Tardis box that was handmade this have Christmas. You seen, have you seen my handmade, my handmade Tardis um, jewelry box? No. What? Oh, I'll send you a picture of it. It's so great. Yeah, no, Andrew is a massive fan. And I told him to show me his favorite episodes because I had never seen it until I met Andrew. Like, I was just like not in. I didn't know what it was and I wasn't into it. So, um... He, I think this was the first episode he introduced me to. Oh my god. I think it was this one. Who's his favorite doctor? I've got so many questions. I'm such a Doctor Who nerd. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's David Tennant. Yes. (laughs) Because he showed me a lot of David Tennant episodes and then it went to, I don't remember which doctor it was. It was a doctor before him, I think. Ask him if... He likes. He knows all Doctor. Like when well, we no, went to a I Halloween gonna... party first, he played the original Doctor. Like he went dressed as him. The original one or the fourth one? The f- the one with the long scarf. The fourth one. Okay, sorry. Not I the... see. I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> see, but I don't knew. Make me lie to you. And I know enough about what the common like person who doesn't know much about Doctor Who but knows a little bit about Doctor Who would assume might be the first Doctor. And that's how I came up with the fourth Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played him and he had that little thing, the little wee 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 thing. Oh, <laughs> that's the sonic screwdriver. Yeah, he had a sonic screwdriver and I had no idea who he was. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um yeah, Mark had never really watched it until he started dating me, and now he has admitted that it's not terrible. I haven't fully gotten him into it, but I fucking love Doctor Who. Yeah, ask, ask Andrew <laughs> if he likes the Capaldi episode called Listen. Likes the Capaldi? Capaldi? Yeah, he will know what I mean. That's the 12th Doctor. I'm writing this down because I will not remember. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll ask him. He is probably laying with our doggy right now. Fair enough. Um, Okay. So I went to the Asian market and and got my favorite um, Japanese potato chips. What are those? They're the Japanese, they're like Lay's Stacks, which is an American brand, but it's the flavor that's only in Japan. And that is cucumber. Mmm. And I fucking love them. They taste just like a cucumber when you bite into them, except, you know, they're potato-y and not a crisp piece of cucumber. Um, uh, yeah, there was only two tubes on the shelf, so I bought both. <laughs> As you should. Yeah, they. I love them. They're great. I found them the la- the first time I ever went to this particular Asian market, and then I wanted to go explore the other ones, so I haven't been back to this one in a minute. But I haven't been able to find the cucumber uh, stacks anywhere else, so I was excited to go back and get them. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never heard of those. 
They're super good. If you have an Asian uh, market near you, you should go see if you can find some of them. They're really good. Yeah, I like norimaki. The rice crackers, norimaki? Yeah, I don't like rice crackers of any sort, so I'm not really into those. Oh, uh, no, I eat, I eat a lot of those. Fair enough. A lot. Like, I buy the giant bags with the individual bags in there so I can bring them to work or wherever. <laughs> Keep them in my purse. Uh, pot, the, the top <laughs> thing. Smell like seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The top things that I buy when I go to the Asian market is I get these cucumber chips if I can, if I'm at that particular market. I get, um, I forgot what they're called, but they're shaped like fishes. They're like they ice cream sandwiches. Candies? Huh? Oh, they're ice cream. Never mind. They're like I ice cream they're sandwiches. Candies. They're shaped like a fish, but like the same um, material as like an ice cream cone. So the entire outside is crisp like that, like a sugar cone. And then on the inside is um, a flavor of ice cream. Um, and they're usually kind of more exotic flavors because they're Japanese or they're, they're Korean, actually. They're usually more, um, yeah, so there's like a green tea one that's good. There's a chocolate one. There's a strawberry one. There's um, a red bean and green tea one that I like. Um, so I get those if I can find them because I like those. But I try not to eat them too fast because I think the box only comes with like three or four. Um. Yeah, and I try not to just pick out on that shit. But <laughs> there's also these really good like ramen noodles that uh, come with a, a bunch of extra seasoning and like a teriyaki sauce. Mm. So they're so they're, they're like actually really spicy and saucy and not just like powder. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're really good and they're cheap. They're only like fifty cents a piece or something like that. I like the, uh, there's like this instant pho packet that I like. Oh, yeah. That I get. Um, but it's actually like, it's kind of like ramen, but it's with the rice noodles. It's all in the package. Right. Um, but there is something called bao, bao kong, and it's vien gia vi pho, and it's uh, the pho seasoning. So if you want the pho seasoning, go for that one. Okay. Um, but if you're like, me and you're like I don't feel like doing anything other than heating up water it's like this packet um, that says like rice noodle pho or something on the front um, right. I fucking love those they're so good it's so good it's simple it's just like the noodles and then the packet and that's it and you just heat up water and the rice noodles are like instant rice noodles so you don't even have to boil it you just put it in the hot water and put something over the top of it um because yeah. they're like the the glass noodles so yeah, they yeah, just yeah. oh it's so good i love that um so the only other reason to watch Promising Young Woman, because I'm not going to tell you the, I don't want to ruin the plot at all. Um, do you know who Bo Burnham is? The comedian. I fucking love Bo Burnham, and Bo I really worry for Bo Burnham sometimes. He... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> like, is so he going to kill himself? <laughs> so do Mark and I. Um, that's why he, he gonna... stopped doing stand up because he needed to like step away for a bit. I can see that 
because he's yeah yeah um but yeah he's in this movie just as an actor uh yeah and uh love Bo Burnham yeah so oh my god yeah Bo Bo Burnham is Mark's favorite comedian so Mark was really like pumped about this but he was less pumped when he found out that he was just an actor in it and didn't write it or anything Uh, he's not (laughs) he he's not like a big part of it yeah well he is but he's just like one of the stars he's not uh he didn't write it or anything and okay Mark thought he like maybe wrote it or directed it, and I was like, no, he didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> oh, no. oh man, you make me want to go get Asian food and watch that movie right now. I mean, I recommend it, but um, you know, I don't have the HBO thing. Oh no, uh, I um, it's not on HBO, and that's not where I got it from. Really? Oh. JK. I got it from from a friend of a friend. Friend of a friend. Heard it from <laughs> a friend. Heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. <laughs> Doesn't it keep going over and over? It's like wheels on the bus go round and round. It, no, it, it it eventually gets somewhere. <laughs> I don't want the band whoever's still alive in it to sue us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, so next week, guys. Is it next week? Holy shit. Well, not next week. Um, Okay, I can't do it next week. (laughs) Next episode, we will discuss when you're available off air. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, no, but, um, next uh, episode, we will be doing Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yes, versus Henry Lee Lucas, the Ah! infamous serial killer. And um, as a guest, we will be having Trent Manning of Bloody Buddies. I've never met Trent, but... His girlfriend I've been friends with for, like, eight years, something like that. So, yeah, I'm friends with his girlfriend, and he also has a horror podcast. So I invited him on. Is Bloody Bloody is the name of the podcast? Yes. Okay. I thought... Never mind. I thought (laughs) that was a uh, Bloody Mary name. Bloody Buddy? It could be. I don't know. They live in Louisiana. I don't know what that has to do with it, but I just said that. Do they drink Bloody Marys and talk about bloody murders? No. I mean, they. it is a like a horror movie podcast, so I guess he kind of does, but I don't know about the Bloody Mary part. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> we'll find out more about him when he's a guest. Nice! <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that's pretty much it, I think. Coolio. I hope we didn't break the hearts of all of our listeners. Yeah, I hope not too, but we did give them a huge warning, so they knew what they were getting into. We also kept it kind of light, I think, with the breaks. We tried to. We tried to keep it light so everyone didn't just cry. 
Yeah. Do not watch this movie. <laughs> Seriously, though. It is, like, really insanely hard to watch. We both had to split it up into, like, three different watches. Yeah, I can watch some fucked up shit, but this one was, like, real, real fucked up. It just felt so raw, and it's the fact that you know that all this, like, happened. Yeah, actually happened. Yeah. Like, everything happened. Right. Like, uh, I've seen a Serbian film, but it didn't happen, so it's It not wasn't bad. real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think right. it, I think the horror part of it was like that it was real. So yeah. I think this is the first movie that really. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. It's the first one that's followed the crime super, super closely. Yeah, and I, I think it's the only movie that we've watched that has actually like not scared me, but made me ill. Like that Same. I could. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only one that's made me feel icky. Yeah, me too. Really okay, icky. so don't watch it, people. Yeah, I don't recommend it. Um. Okay, so, yeah. I think that's it, guys. Yay! We'll see We're you in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, people. I'm Good friends. Night. Good night. Bye! Bye! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.